A reading from the book of Acts. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. The word of the Lord. Greetings, One Fellowship family and friends. Pastor Paul here, and I am so excited to dive into Acts 12 with you today. The title of my message is Break Every Chain. And before we begin, would you bow your heads with me as I share a brief word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we begin, I'd like to start with this question. Have you ever been rescued from danger in the middle of the night? It was March of 2020 this year that our own Chris and Emily Mengeldorf of One Fellowship were rescued in the middle of the night in Uganda. You see, it all began last summer when an orphanage in Uganda contacted Emily about her blog and about her baking They said, Miss Emily, will you teach us how to bake? And not having any um, relationship with this orphanage, 
Emily was skeptical and she did all this research about the orphanage and she came to discover that they were in fact legitimate and turns out they really want to learn to bake so that they can help uh, provide livable wages for their kids as they grow older. So over the last year or so, Emily's been mentoring this orphanage on how to bake over, over an open fire. Isn't that incredible? And so they accepted an invitation in March to travel to Uganda, Emily and her husband, Chris. And so right as the coronavirus crisis was hitting the world, they were on a plane uh, halfway across the world, down to Africa, down to Uganda. And the trip was a huge success. I have some pictures from that trip you can see right here. Here's Emily uh, baking with some of the orphans in Uganda, teaching them how to make certain things. Here's Chris with some of the cute little kids. And I love how this, the littlest guy here is just catching Chris's eye. And then here are some of the kids with their baked goods. It's called U Uganda View Orphanage. And according to Emily, it was a really successful trip as she tries to help them provide sustainable wages as an orphanage um, and as kids growing up that they would have something to look forward to in life. But all went awry in the middle of the night on March 21st when they started receiving text messages and phone calls from relatives saying, Emily, Chris, check the news. Have you seen that the U.S. the U.S. is closing airports? Have you seen that our president is not going to be allowing uh, people to travel through Europe in 48 hours? And then this, this one really uh, caught their attention. From the U.S. embassy down there, they received a message that said, get to your port of entry immediately. Uganda will be closing soon. So they called a friend, a doctor friend in Uganda named Tim. And I'm told Tim may be watching this feed. So hey, Tim. Hey, Tim and family. They called their friend Tim and in a selfless act, he came and picked them up to drive them to the airport in the middle of the night. They threw their bags in Tim's vehicle. And at that point, mass hysteria had um, erupted throughout Uganda. What was supposed to be a two-hour drive turned out to be a seven-hour drive through dirt roads, up on curbs of roads, through crowds with lots of honking, buses, trucks, motorbikes. And in talking to Chris and Emily, what they said to me was this. We had to admit that we clearly had no control in the moment. We had to trust Tim and he was like an angel to us. And we had to follow his next in every step. Believe it or not, uh, Chris and Emily were able to fly out of Uganda on what they believe was the last flight of the day and the last flight before the whole country locked down. In a lot of ways, what I love about this story is it parallels with our passage you see, in our passage, facing unthinkable danger, Peter is rescued in the middle of the night by an angel. After the people of God cry out over multiple days, um, crying out for Peter's release. 
And this leads me to our big idea, our big takeaway from Acts 12, um, which is this. No matter our problems, no matter our pain, prayers rising in the name of Jesus can break every chain. Let me repeat that. No matter our problems and no matter our pain, prayers rising in the name of Jesus can break every chain. So let's unpack this truth today. Point one, no matter our problems, no matter our pain. For those who are new with us, we've been making our way through the book of Acts over the last six months. This book of Acts, it's shortened uh, in its title. It means Acts of the Apostles. And it's all about the launch of the early church as Jesus delegated his authority and he rose into the heavens, he topped the early church and he tops us with these words in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what's really fun about the book of Acts is we actually see the story unfolding We see the gospel break out in Acts chapter two in Jerusalem. We see it not only reach the Jewish people of the day, but start to reach the Gentile people of the day as well. You see, the gospel is going out with power and force, reaching every nation, tribe, people, and language. But not everyone is happy about it. You see, the early church faced problems and they faced pain over and over again. Here in our passage, they represent a threat to power, a threat to position, a threat to rule. Whose rule? King Herod. Now, if you are someone who's fluent with the Bible, King Herod and that name, um, it may come up in your brain as we read Acts 12, because we read of another King Herod in Matthew 2 and elsewhere in Scripture. That King Herod was the grandfather of this King Herod. That King Herod also did not want to relinquish his power to Jesus. And if you remember in Acts, excuse me, in Matthew chapter two, he had all the boys under the age of two in Bethlehem um, murdered during the birth of Jesus. In a similar fashion here in Acts 12, we see the grandson, King Herod, now ruling that area, that region, also act in a violent way to try to extinguish the gospel, to try to hush up the early church. Specifically, we read that James is beheaded. He's murdered by King Herod. And this is the James that is one of the sons of Zebedee. He's the brother of John. Jesus liked to call James and John sons of thunder. And I imagine that in that moment, the church was so um, um, struck in pain and aches as they learned that James was captured and then killed. And next thing you know, Peter is captured and he's facing a mock trial, which of course would lead to his execution. 
We read that Peter, because he was such a high value target or prisoner, he was actually strapped or chained between two soldiers and then guarded by 16 total soldiers. How helpless was his position? Well, according to theologian Craig Keener, prisoners who were chained between guards had no human hope of escaping. In earthly terms, Peter had run out of hope. To make matters worse and more painful, we read that it was the week of Passover. And for the early church, they would have recalled that this was the same week that Jesus was arrested and crucified. So the early church, they, they knew problems and they knew pain. They knew helplessness and they knew hopelessness. And perhaps you can relate. As you watch this service right now, some of you may be facing the problem of unemployment. Some of you may be facing the pain of depression. Some of you may be facing the shame of addiction. Others may be facing the cancer diagnosis of a loved one. Others may be facing the loss of a loved one. And others may be facing the waywardness of a loved one. What are we to do with all of our problems and all of our pain, especially when the future is uncertain and unclear? Well, in the face of utter helplessness, the early church did one thing they prayed. This leads me to point two. Prayers rising in the name of Jesus can break every chain. Our entire passage hinges on verse five, Acts 12, verse five, which reads, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And in the original language, this, this word earnestly, it means to stretch and to strain. And as we read in our passage, it was day on day that they were doing this, night by night, in houses together. If you didn't know it, for the first three centuries of the church, they didn't meet, the early church didn't meet in church buildings. They met in homes, just like we're doing here and now. Where else do we read that someone was earnestly praying? Well, we read the same language when Jesus was headed towards his crucifixion in Luke 22, it's recorded, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So here we see a picture of the early church praying together in a home earnestly for God's deliverance of Peter and probably themselves. I imagine they prayed for mercy. I imagine they prayed for justice. I imagine they prayed for love. And then what happens? God shows up. 
The passage continues. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you. Follow me, the angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They paused, the, excuse me, they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. And then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. I don't know about you. I know my kids love reading that uh, the angel struck Peter. Now, kids, this was done in love to initiate the release of God's beloved. And obviously, there's a bigger story going on here. The bigger point of our patch, excuse me, our passage is this. When God's people cry out in prayer, he hears our prayers. When we cry out in prayer, he hears our prayers. And as we see, God can deliver us from any problem at any time in any place. Again, Peter exclaimed, I know that without a doubt, the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me. That's why we're instructed elsewhere in scripture with these words. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So one fellowship, are you ready and are you willing? Are you willing to admit there is only one who is sovereign over all of creation and his name is Jesus. And are you ready? Are you ready to earnestly cry out to him wherever you find yourself right now in the presence of God's people? God, I need your help in my work life. God, I need your help right now in my home life. God, I need your help right now in my spiritual life. God, we need your help in our societal life. Break the chains of injustice. Show, shower us with your mercy. Extend your love. Help me provide for my family. Give me hope right here, right now. Are you willing to stretch yourself amongst God people as God's people right now, right here in our backyards, right here on our porches, right here in our living rooms. See, friends, no matter our problems, no matter our pain, prayers rising in the name of Jesus can break every chain. Do you believe this? 
to close, I'm going to invite you into that space right now. Whatever problems you're facing, whatever pain you're carrying, whatever change you're wearing, I'm going to invite you to pray through a song I've asked Taylor to sing right now. Moreover, following our service, I invite you to share. I invite each one of you to share one prayer request with someone either in your midst or through a phone call. And then not just to share the prayer request, but then to actually follow it up right here, right now after our service and to pray together, earnestly stretching out our lives before God as his people. One fellowship, no matter your problems, no matter your pain, praising, excuse me, prayers rising in the name of Jesus can break every chain. So Taylor, at this time, will you lead us into God's presence through prayer?